episode of the Infernal Brains Podcast. I'm Tars Tarkas from TarsTarkas.net. And I'm Todd Statman from Die Danger, Die Die Kill, aka 40K. So today we have another exciting, essential episode of the Infernal Brains Podcast. Uh, after a long period where we were both too busy to do anything, we're now back to bring you a film from a brand new country. <laughs> yes, a brand new country that we just created. Yeah, this is a film that uh, I reviewed on my blog a few years ago, and that review is the most visited post on my blog of all time. It's consistently in the top ten. Um, it's obviously a movie that a lot of people have questions about, uh, so hopefully we will be able to answer some of those questions and maybe spare you having to watch this movie because it's not guaranteed that you would enjoy it. Uh, we're talking, of course, about the Pashto-language Pakistani film, uh, Da Kwar Lazme Spagme, which is better known to cult film fans in the English-speaking world as Cat Beast. And it's most notably known for people who look at weird clips of films on the internet because it has a lady in a cat costume getting revenge upon people. Yes. And yes, and that immediately comes brings to mind, you know, superhero films and Catwoman mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And this, you know, it's not technically a superhero film. It's technically she's cursed and turns into a cat beast monster. Well, I but, like to differ. I think it's sort of a it's sort of a hybrid superhero yeah. horror film. It's like it can it can fit into it, you know, just as much as you know if she was dressing as a bat and killing mm-hmm. people, right? Or if she was the Hulk. It's kind of like a Hulk-type situation, I think. You know, and also when we say a woman dressed as a cat, given the production standards of Pashto-language films from this time, this film's from 1997, I think, she kind of looks like she's wearing like a flocked black sweatsuit with a bald wig on and then little cat ears pegged onto it. Maybe we should give a little background on uh, Pakistani cinema. Yeah, like Indian cinema, um, Pakistani cinema has uh, several regional film industries uh, based around different languages and locations. So it's sort of sort of intimidating for newcomers because they look and see all this information from different. It'd be like if uh, California and Florida <laughs> and New York each had their own different film industries in different languages of different stars. Some of them are more, a lot easier to be exported to other countries than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them have a lot more money than other regions. And so yeah. each one has their own little quirks. And yeah. we've all watched uh, a couple from each of the ones just in our, on surfing the, the world to cinema. Right. So, the, yeah, the major... Well, for instance, the, the Urdu language cinema is basically the mainstream of Pakistani cinema. It's basically their Bollywood. It's based out of Lahore and thus is known as Lollywood. Uh, the output is pretty similar to Bollywood films, romances, melodramas. You have all the singing and dancing that you have in Bollywood movies. I mean, there's singing and dancing in all these movies, but the, yeah. the Lollywood product is like, that's definitely the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Punjabi language cinema, which we've delved into a bit. And uh, the, they produce a product that's uh, considerably more rough-edged. Ed, rough it's more action-oriented, and there's an emphasis on revenge 
plots. Um, I've reviewed a lot of films start, uh, from the 70s and 80s, and their biggest star then was a guy named Sultan Rahi. He was basically a, like a big strapping guy with a huge mustache um, who goes around cutting up people with his gandasa, which is like a nasty-looking farming implement. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, you were talking about another industry that I wasn't familiar with, another There's, uh... dialect. Uh, there's the Sindhi language uh, films, which there's actually uh, Pakistani and Indian productions of both of them in there. Uh, they're called Kari Wood. I haven't seen any of them, but they're, they're important enough that they, they exist. And so, like, you could go see them if you wanted to. Um, unfortunately, I don't know any enough about them, yeah. unlike the, the other ones, to, to give examples. But I knew nothing about that, so yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've received an education already. Um, and then, of course, there's the Pashto language movies, sort of similar to the Punjabi movies, but sort of several degrees more ex- more exploitative and a little bit sleazier. Uh, similar, yeah. <laughs> they have a similar emphasis on action, violence, and revenge. But the, these the the Pashto language films uh, cater to an audience that is in the border regions of Pakistan along the border with Afghanistan and if you geopolitics mavens who cried out that's the birthplace of the Taliban you are right Um, and so these play to a mainly male audience very uh, religiously conservative which makes it surprising that they're these are about as sexual as these movies can be given the Yeah, it's completely not what you would expect for hardcore conservative Taliban types, or maybe you would expect it based on, you know, all the scandals of the hardcore conservative people in this country. So, yeah. So some of the Pasho films are actually shot in the Afghanistan area, or like it it was based in Peshawar, but it's sort of diaspora out to the whole region just because of all the different conflicts that have been going on there. Right. And I'm actually not sure what the current status of that industry is because I haven't really seen anything post-2000. So. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I've heard that some of the films are sometimes even made in India and exported. Basically, Pashto cinema to most self-respecting uh, Pakistani film fans consider Pashto cinema to be basically garbage cinema. It's just they consider it to be trash cinema. So, of course, people like Tars and I gravitate towards it and you yeah. know, seek seek out horrible, you know, <laughs> 10th generation copies of it with no subtitles, yeah. as is the case with Cat Beast. Some of the most notorious titles of Pashto language cinema, probably the most notorious is Hasina Atom Bomb. Mm-hmm. which I've reviewed on 40K. I think you reviewed it too, Tars. I have a, a rough draft that has published that should probably get finished up along uh-huh. with a hundred other rough drafts. That's it. And then there was a, a film called Adam Core, which is a horror film and started a sort of boom of horror-themed action films of which Cat Beast is definitely a part. It stars uh, Shinaz Begum, who's also in Adam Kaur, and uh, and also has sort of a similar plot. Because Adam Kaur, there's a there's sort of a were beast that you know it's sort of a Sasquatch thing that one of the characters transforms into. So other Pashto language films that Todd has reviewed is uh, Lorda Bala and also mm-hmm. 
Bala. And just Bala. I think Bala means demon. It feel it refers to some kind of otherworldly creature because it that word comes up in Cat Bees too. And they, you know, feature monsters and wonder, yes. wonderful effects. Um, yes. For Punjabi films, the all-time classic is Mala Jat, which has spawned a million imitators and yes. films of Jat in the name, including Jat James Bond and. <laughs> <laughs> The Jot are actually a, I think, a clan, or I'm not sure if that's the right word, but they're a, a people in the Punjabi region, and they're known for being fearsome fighters and warriors and whatnot. But Mala Jat, I think, is the most popular Pakistani film, period, of all time, but it's definitely a very, it's like the Sholay of Pakistan or something. And there's also the wonderful Hitler, which <laughs> features Hitler lived after the end of World War II, went to the Punjabi region, fell in love, and had a kid named Hitler, and mm-hmm. hijinks ensue. Yes, um, that actually stars the the casting practices of uh, of Punjabi cinema are are similar to the Pashto cinema. Is that for any particular period, you won't find that there's a lot of stars because the attitude was if any combination of stars uh, worked, uh, they just kept casting the same people. So Malajat had Sultan Rahi, of course, and then Anjuman as his female lead, and then uh, Mustafa Qureshi as the bad guy. And so at, from that point on, I think what would happen is They'd cast Sultan Rahi, and Sultan would be Rahi would be like, well, why don't we get Mustafa and Anjuman involved too? So there's like tons of movies with those three playing basically the same roles because they're all these family revenge dramas, and and Mustafa Qureshi is always the villain, and uh, Sultan Rahi is always the hero, and in and Pashto cinema, sort of the equivalent of of Sultan Rahi is an actor named Badal Munir. And also there's the star of Cat Beats, whose name is Asif Khan, who's very similar, big, big kind of portly guys with big mustaches, spent a lot of time yelling at each other, which is a pretty big hallmark yeah. of these films. Like I've watched some Bengala cinema lately, and that's also become a thing in Bengala cinema. Even like really modern Bengala cinema still has that. The shouting matches. Yeah, but yeah. They, they combine it with zooming close-ups of the characters. <laughs> yeah. So they'll say something, and then they'll zoom to them, and then they'll zoom the other person, and they'll zoom back to them, <laughs> and then zooms the other person, and he says something back, and then they do more zooming. Uh-huh. It's kind of it's kind of like the Pakistani version of a rap battle. <laughs> There's a name for it. They actually call it a barak yeah uh when they, that happens and they're just trading off threats and oaths you know they're just saying stuff like i'll hit you so hard your unborn children will weep you know colorful yeah. phrases there's some some phrase. good examples of that in the urdu language film international gorilla mm-hmm. is another notorious pakistani film because that features the uh evil salman rushdie who yeah. has a, who is like a James Bond supervillain out to destroy the uh, entire Islamic world. And yes. so, so from his island lair in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That, I think that may be one of the only 
Pack Sandy films I've seen that had subtitles to it. I, that, that's yeah. floating around somewhere. I, and I forgot that that was an Urdu film. I'd sort of, the nature of it maybe sort of assume it was a Pashto or Punjabi language film. But no, that's a product of the mainstream Pakistani film industry. And there's also a, if you like the movie Starman, you can see it in Pakistani form in the movie Shawnee, which uh, pretty much has just follows the plot of Starman, except he fights against a local warlord to mm. save his village. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. And that features a lot of uh, things blowing up and people dying and violence. Mm-hmm. And um, is one of the first uh, Pakistani science fiction films. And the guy who directed it went on to direct two more science fiction films, which mm. I own but haven't watched yet uh-huh. and one of them features a cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle which I don't know if he does anything in the movie besides be an animated still during a couple scenes because uh-huh. that's all what I was flipping through but I will report on that in a couple of weeks hopefully yeah tell us if he says cowabunga on to uh, where Cat Beast came from from the uh, Pashto horror wave, which began in uh, 1991, thanks to the Adam Core film, which uh, laid the groundwork for the whole uh, genre boom and even featured the revenge template that uh, became pretty much everyone I've seen has been like curses and revenges. Right, yeah. yeah. These just add a monster element to it. Yeah. Sometimes sort of uneasily. It's, you know, the, the monster, there's monsters in them, but they're not really monster movies because huge swaths of the plot will be taken up by the two men in the village who are opposed to each other. You know, there's lots of men shouting at each other, and then, mm. then once in a while the monster will show up. Yeah, I think if anything, the monster serves to move the plot forward by yes. killing off random characters. Yes, that, I think that's a, that's a very good observation. Cat Beast is sort of unique because it's actually directed by a woman who's the star, Shinaz Begum, who was in Adam Kaur and a couple of the other Pashto horror films. Unfortunately, there's not too much about her in English, and there's also a different actress with the same name. Yes, yes which it can be caused very a lot confusing. of confusion. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, because her career looks way too legitimate for her to be have been in this movie. Unfortunately, this is rather common when doing research in films that don't have a lot of stuff in English. I can't really learn 15 languages in a couple of Google searches. So as far as I can tell, she has not done anything in the past decade, but I could be wrong. She could be on television or something, which has absolutely nothing written about it in English. Right. She could be your next-door neighbor. Yeah, I don't know what happened to her. Yeah, she could have retired and had kids, or she could be directing more stuff that just doesn't get imported because it's, like, just not the kind of weird monster stuff that people would even care about watching. So Right, it's probably, like, legitimate art that, yeah, who cares about that? Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, I think you'll see uh, so many of the hallmarks of Pashto cinema in the first minute of Cat Beast because once this movie starts, it is chaos. I mean, (laughs) you have... I mean, one definite hallmark of Pashto cinema is a virulent hostility to subtlety. Like, nothing can be understated. 
everything has to be at not 11 it has to be at like 15 so there's a there'll be flashing lights for no reason sound effects that don't have anything to do with anything going on screen you know sirens and you know and very very loud and there's a lot of emphasis on revenge and especially rape revenge so we begin with a a rapist pursuing a woman through the forest as there's like very loud storm noises and thunder and really loud pulsating synthesizer music. All of this exacerbated by the crappiness of the print and that, and and added to that the fact that the VCD company logo takes up the full lower uh, quarter of the screen and it acts and their phone their logo and phone number is on the screen for almost the entire movie. Um, so the the rapist finally catches his prey, but then the cat beast springs into action. And also in uh, accordance with the traditions of Pashtu cinema, the cat beast uh, is is announced by sort of a sound that's like meow. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy off camera going meow. And so she attacks the rapist and pulls him off her, and there's they fight, and then she. Um, I noticed you didn't mention this in your review, Nick, so I don't know, but I think I have to, in the interest of uh, journalistic integrity, I have to report that she shoves a huge tree branch up the guy's ass. <laughs> that was my take on that. She sort of telekinetically spreads his leg apart. He's like, oh no! And then she takes this tree branch and and Bob's your uncle. Um, yeah, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. Unfortunately, he gets gandered to death. So. Right. The other thing that's striking about Shanaz Begum and all the women of Pashto cinema is that she's a big girl, which is good. I think that in recent years, the rest of the world is sort of caught up to the Bollywood standard of feminine beauty and that appreciating sort of more bottom-heavy women. Yeah. But the Pashto feminine ideal is somewhat beyond that. These are big big women and it's and it's startling to see that because what you're given what you're used to seeing in movies from pretty much every other culture it's startling to see these big women portrayed as like these sexually attractive and sexually aggressive beings which which they definitely are so shanaz is very imposing in her especially in her cat beast form well, you know, it also helps making the fact that she's taking down a bunch of gigantic macho men a lot more yes, yeah, realistic, the, too. The men are not exactly svelte, either. Asif Khan is a pretty paunchy dude. Besides the fact that it has a woman dressed as a cat slaughtering mm-hmm. a bunch of people, my favorite thing is how the evil gang is portrayed. Yes. They look like a bunch of super punk cosplayers. There's a guy who literally has devil horns and like giant eyebrows, yeah. big handlebar mustache, and wears claw things on his fingers. And another guy who looks like, if you remember the Evil Burt website, uh-huh. he looks like he's he would have fit in nicely on there. He has a Burt hairstyle and a big fake Burt nose. and He has a beak. Yeah. <laughs> he has a beak. That's... <laughs> It's so weird, man. And there's like there's a guy who's dressed like an Indian, like an American Indian, and uh, some dude is just wearing like black leather, and they all have heavy eye makeup. They look like the most over the top crazy gang. Yeah. And of course they're 
the gang that's been terrorizing the town for the past 20 years because they're right. responsible for the genesis of the cat beast because they're the ones who raped her mother and so she's the offspring who's cursed for revenge though in the it's a very confusing flashback because first of all you don't know it's a flashback it just kind of occurs that's... in the middle of the movie and you don't realize it's a flashback till it's over but um yeah like immediately after the mother the mother is cast out of the house raped by this gang and then immediately gives birth mm-hmm. and then the baby is born and then they show some stock footage of a cat for some reason they needed to get stock footage of a cat because there were no cats around and then that sort of i think is meant to explain why she became a cat woman because there was a cat around yeah. when she was born about the gang this is definitely a part of the movie where subtitles would have been helpful maybe not but um, they're definitely, I mean, the one guy, he definitely has horns. He has horns growing out of his head. I mean, they're definitely some kind of mutants or something. And it sort of made me wonder, is this supposed to be some sort of post-apocalyptic world? The um, bird guy has like a beak. Mm-hmm. And then one guy is a dog. They, there's actually yeah. a fight between cat, beast, and the dog man. And he's like barks and everything. I mean, (laughs) and then there was one guy who was like uh, swallowing swords at one point. And that made me think, are they circus performers? I mean, who are these guys? And And they have like an underground lair with like uh, uh, little people dancing around (laughs) for their musical numbers, which. Yes. And the other stuff that happens makes their musical numbers like more sleazy than the general musical numbers just because yes. it's, it's dirty and in the sewer. Yes. And one of the little people is like it's a man dressed as sort of a, a woman with like a babushka on her head. And uh, it's so weird. I mean, that's definitely yeah. the weirdest thing about the movie is this gang. I mean, that's actually even a little unsettling because they're just so, <laughs> so bizarre. It's like the one part of the movie where you really feel like it's directed by a crazy person, you know, because it's like, yeah. who are these guys and what was the idea exactly with them? So <laughs> It's a gang so evil that the super cop can't take them down by himself. We need a, a revenge-powered cat beast woman to right, exactly. impersonate them, so... And isn't and the super cop guy? So we have two alpha males. We have the super cop. I think you might have listed who played him on your, on your review. Uh, uh, oh no, actually, you put I have you question put marks. question mark. <laughs> so you have super cop, who is like your typical kind of rugged, uh, mustache guy, of course, clean cut though. And then you have the character played by Asif Khan, Asata who is like the village badass, basically. And he wears like an army jacket, which the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was knives that were hanging off it. But it looks like some of them are dog tags. What was your take on that, Tars? Uh, Let's see if I can find a photo. Yeah. Here we go. I also kept trying to see what the back of his jacket. Oh, it says said. "troop" on the back. Yeah, but it says something else below it. I was I was really hoping it said "troop Beverly Hills," but I <laughs> thought that was too much to ask for. But uh, it looks like they're huh? It looks like it's either chains, like knife chains, or dog tags, or a mix of both. I think maybe it's a little from column A, a little from column B, because he definitely has a thing for knives. He's a big knife guy. Yeah, because like there's there's chains all over his jacket, but then mm-hmm. there's also a bunch of patches on the jacket with eagle wings and right. stuff written on the sides, and 
Yeah, it's like take like 13 different Biker Games jackets and sew them all together and you got his jacket. Yeah. He's just that cool. He's a whole gang to himself in jacket. Yeah, exactly. And these guys, of course, have a beef with each other, which we not having access to the language don't know what it is. It seemed like at some point Super Cop suspects Asata of doing the murders, but there's a lot of Barack between them. They do a lot of shouting and pointing at each other and their voices get really echoey. And welcome to Pakistani cinema, people, because you'll see a lot of that. <laughs> and Shanaz is like the girlfriend of the super cop, too, isn't she? Or she's in love with him or something like that? Yeah, and then the, the, the cool guy, is he's in he's sort of in love with the cat beast version of her. Because oh. <laughs> they, they fight together at some point. Right, he has a grudging respect for her. Yeah. And and I also felt that the um the human version, Bono, the character that Shanaz plays who turns into the catwoman, is kind of a comical figure. Like she seems like her character is sort of played for laughs, like she's a little goofy and always I guess she's like a goofy Cinderella type. Yeah, okay. And she's a maid for this family and she's always kind of nattering to herself comically and there's doo 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 music playing. <laughs> And then she's, yeah, she's a maid to this family, and then the son, who is this bespectacled young man, is engaged to this woman who I think her name was Noor, who's a very large woman. She, yeah. act, she actually reminded me a little of Deborah Eyal from Romeo Void, uh, like a big girl with a cute face. And there's a lot going on in this movie. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. When they first had that subplot, I didn't know who they were at first. Yeah, but, and then there's there's a scene with uh, her father with a shotgun or something. Right. And, yeah. 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 So it's like it's sort of like a forbidden love affair in addition to all the other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's like a soap opera definitely, and even in my review, I think I skimmed over a lot of that stuff. And I think a lot of people talk this about this movie. They it's natural to just focus on the stuff of the cat beast, but. Really, the cat beast shows up like maybe every half hour in the movie, and then between that, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedic hijinks, and there's a lot of guys yelling at each other, and there's a lot of fist fights, and there's you know not not complaining, mind you, and there's uh, you know, and then there's a lot of sort of family melodrama, such as South Asian cinema. You know, it's pretty hard to avoid that. So I think the comedic stuff makes me think that Shinaz, she knew the film wasn't going to be like super quality mm-hmm. drama, so they were just having fun. And so that's part of why everything just goes to extreme yeah. crazy, which that's, I think it actually it makes the film a lot more does. memorable. It doesn't make it more awards winning, but it makes like you want to talk yeah. about this film much more than you do about other horror films. Like even like Adam Core or Bala, like you want to talk about this one yeah, way more than yeah, I Yeah, I don't think anybody involved in this thought they were making high art. I think they were just trying to make a yeah i mean they're just trying to throw in everything they thought would entertain the audience you know and some of it fits and some of it doesn't but uh the payoff is good yeah and you know if you would like to support women directors here's a perfect example (laughs) where you can support women directors and insane films yeah you can fit that into your film festival alongside lena vertmiller and shana's quote cat beast begum this is definitely one of the more memorable of the uh you know, other of the films are memorable just for their... I mean, Hasina Atom Bomb is mostly memorable just for how sleazy it is. 
you know, this film, I think, as you remarked in your review, is not the sleaziest. I mean, there's, you know, there's no nudity in these films at all. That wouldn't pass the censors in these regions. But uh, what they, how they compensate for that is just having, you know, there's many, many songs in this movie, too. There's so many. And the big women dance. And the camera moves are very invasive. The cameras just zoom right into the women's crotches. They go up their dresses. I think I described it once as it looks like the camera was mounted on the head of an over-friendly dog because it's just always sniffing at their regions. And then the women are, you know, it's always these low camera angles and the women look like they're just about to sit on the camera. They're just like kind of displaying their rumps for the camera and it's like it's not like anything it's just super super sleazy and if you think having the lady director changes that no because no, i think these were just expected <laughs> elements i'm not sure if, if they hire specific music video directors mm. for the music video um, shots like some of the other uh, yeah, industries do. do you're right because it's such a standardized form but yeah. uh, you know, from what I've heard, these were sort of the 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 sort of Pakistani version of porn. You know, basically this the, this was as far as they would go. But that in some of the theaters, as you mentioned, as they would do in India as well, with some of the B features, they would insert uh, footage from European porn films into the film while it was playing. They would use mm-hmm. it as sort of a Trojan horse for porn materials and the way to skirt around the censors yeah that was a little bit common in american drive-in cinema too or some of the the more skeezy cinemas where they'd have different different reels to show to different censors and then you know the same tricks happen everywhere so because yeah. they work yeah exactly <laughs> so apparently i need to point out that Dakwar Lasme Spogme means uh, is like the fourteenth moon, which is like the fourteenth day mm. in the lunar cycle. So it's about halfway point oh, okay. in the moon. So, yeah, or I mean, or maybe beautiful is the fourteenth mm. moon. So I heard so it meant I, something about a full moon or something like that. But we don't care. We just call it cat beast because there's a cat beast in it. Damn it! Well, yeah, uh, who yeah. needs those fancy titles with them foreign words in them? What we need now is a sequel where she teams up with Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) That'll wreak hell on our allergies. Um, Yeah, time to go to Kickstarter. My other favorite part of this movie is the guy who the cat beast kills, who's, I guess he's supposed to be a biker or something, but he's like this guy who's got long hair and he looks like he has fake eyebrows and like a fake mustache and he's wearing what looks like an oily animal pelt on his back. Just that guy was oh, my yeah. favorite guy because he was just, I think you have a picture of him right under the statement, <laughs> Pakistan is weird. You have a picture of him yelling at the camp. I think he's the guy who I, I assumed was supposed to be dressed like an American Oh, yeah, Indian, yeah, but... yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, I get that. He looks yeah. sort of like a hippie. He might just be like a generic guy who lives in right, the woods of Right, yeah, mountain which... man. So have we exhausted this discussion <laughs> of happy stuff? Yeah, it's basically, yeah, a lot of this stuff, you got to see it 
to believe it. It's, it's just a film you'll you'll want to talk about right. after you see it. And then you can also talk about how the Catwoman movie stole the origin right. story. Yeah. Because that also involves Cat showing up and giving mm. her superpowers. Yeah. So this is one of those films that's fun to talk about. It's it's not really as fun to watch as it is to talk about. I've seen it twice now. I mean, I was definitely laughing through it when I was watching it yesterday in preparation for this but there's still like uh, there were moments where it's like oh god I forgot all these musical numbers over and over and over again but the cat bee scenes are definitely worth seeing and if you're just interested in trash cinema these Pashto films might really make you redefine what you consider trash cinema you know (laughs) to see how sleazy and cheesy films can be it's worth it to see at least once I don't, know. I don't know if you need to see it two or three times yeah, like we no, had to do. It's but... not worth it. I'll tell you, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of other uh, Pashto or other Pakistani films you can watch. That'll give you this similar experience if you need to yeah. watch it multiple times. So if you want to know more about these uh, fun Pakistani films that uh, we mentioned earlier, the best resource has historically been the hotspotonline.com. Unfortunately, it's been uh, sort of revamped for the past two years, and most of it is gone, but you can still get uh, historical stuff through archive.org, and we'll have a link. Uh, I'll have a link below in the, the post yeah. about this on how to access it. So go to archive.org for the hotspotonline.com and go to like the year 2012, and then on there you'll find links to like hundreds of reviews of uh, Pakistani yeah. and Indian films, including a lot of horror films. And hilariously and written, too. And it's, it's the most comprehensive English-language information portal about uh, obscure Pakistani films. And it's done by Omar Khan, who directed a film in 2009, I yeah. think. That's the place. Uh, unfortunately, there's not that much else in English. There's a blog called dishoomdishoom.wordpress.com, which has some cool articles, but it hasn't been updated since 2012. There's also the Pakistani Film Magazine website, mm-hmm. which is in English. It's not it's not genre-centered at all, mm-hmm. but it has information about the actors and actresses and some of the films, and it's in English, and it's really rare, and it's important, and you can double-check information against Hotspot and other places yeah. Because, you know, not everyone's 100% accurate, but you can find out more stuff when you compare. Yeah. So it's good to have cross-referencing right. things. So. Tars, do you ever feel yeah. like we with our respective sites are like the gray ladies of the internet? All these other sites are kind of dropping away. And here we are plugging along, increasingly alone in the internet wilderness. Yeah, I hit 10 years online last wow. year. And a lot of the sites that I did, like I follow in the beginning, a lot of them haven't been updated in years yeah. and years. And yeah, there's maybe a few that are still active. But then there's a whole new generation crops up. But it keeps churning over and only a couple of them last That's a while. That's true. It's the circle of life. And even my site has periods where I'm more active and less yeah. active based on what's going on. So how does Cat Beast fare on your site? Is it one of your most popular posts? I mean, do you get as many people coming to you to read about that as I do? Not really. My more popular stuff has to do with the Lifetime movies <laughs> and the the Cinemax style Oh, right, movies. yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah that, the bikini bloodbath type movies. Yeah, yeah those drowned everything else yeah. out. Yeah, and also the... The thing I wrote about ad blocking like uh, Zergnet and uh, Tabula and Outbrain that has become incredibly popular because that stuff's really annoying. Oh, so, okay. I don't think I ever read that. Yeah, it's those around the web posts you see at the bottom on websites that have 50 things you didn't know about. Yeah, about 
about Lena Dunham movie. or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like oh, uh, so you're in uh, BuzzFeed territory. Well, I made a thing how to block all those. Oh, okay. So. Oh my God, I want to read that. I hate those things. Okay, no wonder. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll add to your uh, statistics by looking that up in because <laughs> I hate those things. Yeah. And some of those are borderline not safe for work because they're all like bikini photos yeah. and like one trick that they don't want you to know about losing weight. Blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> So that's that's probably my most popular thing this past year has been that. Yeah, I, not surprisingly, you've done a great service to humanity. <laughs> All right, well, before we go, I just want to put in a plug for my book, Funky Bollywood, The Wild World of 1970s Indian Action Cinema. It's coming on March 16th from Vab Press in the UK. Depending on when this episode goes up, that may be in the past or the future. But anyway, look out for it. You can order it from the Fab Press website, Fab Press. Press.com. That's my plug. Shall we sign off then? Till uh, next time and next genre, the Infernal Brains are signing out. See ya.